And now as we get into God's word, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your son. I thank you that he died for us, that he came uh, to save us from ourselves, that he came uh, 2,000 years ago in the form of a baby to save us from ourselves, Lord. A helpless babe, born so he may die to save us from our sins. And Lord, help us that we would remember that this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight I want to talk to you for a few moments. This will only be a few moments, but I want to talk to you about don't miss his second advent. Don't miss his second advent. We missed it the first time. Oftentimes uh, people will miss it, but hopefully they will miss the second advent. Luke chapter 21 verse 34 says this, And take heed to yourselves, lest lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, with resurfering and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so the day come upon you unawares. So that day come upon you unawares. So I want to talk to you for a moment about Advent. Oftentimes people don't uh, maybe don't understand it. They know that during this time of year, people will go out and they will buy an Advent calendar. They use this as a countdown to Christmas. They use it for all these different things. My daughter has one at home. That she she has chocolate in it, so every day she gets chocolate. You know that she can go in there and and realize that Christmas is coming that much closer to us. But what Advent literally means it is it is used to remember the coming of Christ in the flesh. So this Christmas season, as we uh, ponder the nativity scene, as we ponder you know the nativity of what happened with Joseph and Mary and Jesus and uh, and the animals that were there. That was the first advent, was the coming of Christ the first time. And what I don't want us to miss is the second advent, which is the second coming for Christ to come and judge the world. He said that while he was upon this earth that he did not come to judge the world, but that through him we might be saved. But now uh, at his second coming, whenever that may be, he is coming this time with a sword and to judge the world. And so tonight, like I said, my message is don't miss his second advent. Who was at, uh, at Jesus' first coming? Who was, the, who was there at Jesus' first coming? Who got to see it? Well, let's look, if you would open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. Not much, but a little bit of time. It's the nativity story. And I want to see, us to realize and see in Luke chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 14, uh, 4 through 15. And it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused, uh, his espoused wife, being a great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto, uh, unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Jerusalem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that the seed of your word would find fertile soil upon our hearts and our, our souls, Lord. Lord, that we would hear what you are saying and what, uh, what you would have us to realize about your second advent. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, who was at Jesus' first coming? Well, we have Joseph and Mary. We see that in, uh, in verses 4 through 7. We have some shepherds in a field in verses 8 through 12 and in verse 15. Then we have the angels in th verses uh, uh, 13 and 14 and some barn animals. We have some, uh, they're all, those are the ones that are at his first coming. So the rest of the world missed it. Not because it was hidden from their eyes or particularly confusing, but more or less because they did not want to know when he was coming. They had God's word. They knew what God's word said, but yet they missed it. They missed it. And it's probably because, like most of us, we get too busy. We get distracted with life struggles and, and attractions, or we're just uninterested. The question this evening is, who is going to miss his second coming? Who is going to miss his second coming? The, uh, the same situation exists today. We have people that are way too busy. They say, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get that when I have more time. I'll get that. We also have distractions galore from, from uh, video games and, uh, and movie theaters to, to uh, MP3 players and, and uh, video shops and shopping malls and, and our phones and our computers and all that. We are distracted. And also, for some, it's that they're not interested Luke chapter 18, verse 8 says this, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. We have to ask ourselves if we're just not interested in the things of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that he is coming again. We see this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, and he is asking us today, are we ready for his second advent? Are we ready for his second coming? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 says, So Christ was, offered, was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. 
Christ is coming back, and we need to be prepared. Just as we prepare for Christmas, we put a lot of preparation into Christmas, from the planning to the searching for that perfect gift to the scrimping and saving uh, together to afford the right gifts, the tree, the decorations, the lights, to the cooking, the expectations. Everyone builds up in anticipation of the day. E uh, every minute seems to count, seems to matter. This is all well and good, but that we're, that we're wanting to celebrate his first coming. But are we preparing for his return? Are we preparing for his second coming? You say, well, I don't necessarily believe that Jesus is going to come back. I barely believe that he's, that he was a liar, you know, you know, that that story is you know, not a myth or a legend. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's more evidence to prove that Jesus Christ of Nazareth lived than there is evidence to prove that Abraham Lincoln lived. Here's the thing is, if we need to realize that he is coming back, here's a few references for us to realize. John 14, verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He said he's going to come again. Matthew 24, verse 44 says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour... As ye think not, the Son of Man comes. He's not talking about his first coming. He's talking about his second coming. And he says it's going to be at an hour that you don't think that he's going to come. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing, appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What does it say? Looking for that blessed hope. The blessed hope, the glorious appearing he's referring to of our great God and Savior is the second coming, that he is coming back. That is our blessed hope. Why is that a blessed hope? Because the Lord is going to take us out of this world before his wrath hits the, uh, hits the world. He's going to take believers in Jesus Christ. Not just, he's not going to take good people. He's not going to take those who are nice and only leave his wrath for the bad people. He's not going to say, oh, this person you know, paid it forward to me, but this person over here is a murderer. And they, no, only those who believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There are over ten times more information in the Bible about Christ's second coming than his first coming. I love Christmas. I do. I absolutely love it. I love the decorations, the tree, the presence, all that, family, friends, good food. But I know that I will love his return even more, even better than, than his first coming. I know I will. We really have no excuse to be caught off guard, as Luke 21, 34 says, that you know, there's going to be one, those that are going to be caught unaware. I have some questions for you. Have you done any soul searching? Have you asked yourself, is this all there is to life? And I'm not speaking to those believers now. I'm speaking to those who do not believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. 
have you asked yourself, is this it? Have you searched your soul and said, there has to be more? Well, there is. Jesus Christ, that babe that was lying in a manger 2,000 years ago, is coming again one day, and we must give an account for that. Number two, have you done any planning, or do you leave everything to the last minute? Now, I'm oftentimes accused of the latter part of waiting to the last minute, maybe to, to get some stuff done, things that I feel like I have enough time to do, to get to, and then I found out I didn't give myself enough time to. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, I tell you, I'm planning daily. I'm planning daily. I don't want to miss out on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to miss out on what the Lord has. And the Lord Jesus Christ says that to you as a, as a, non, uh, a non-believer. He says, you know what? You can know. You can plan on it. The Bible says to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He says you will be saved, meaning that you're saved, but you got to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Third, is there any expectation? Believer, is there any expectation Are you looking forward to seeing Jesus Christ as the blessed hope that he is? He is our blessed hope. Are you, is there an expectation? I know that life can get chaotic, especially around Christmas time. is because you've got everything else going on, plus you got all the other stuff going on. I pray and I hope that uh, uh, this holiday season, this Christmas season hasn't found you uh, just in a frenzy. But I hope and pray that it has found you with an expectation not only of Christmas Day, the, celebrating that first coming, but there's an anticipation and an expectation saying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. If you have done any of, if you have done any of that, you would be saved. If, you're, uh, if you've been doing soul searching, you'll find out the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you've done any planning, you'll say, you know what, I, my life, my heart, Everything is right before the Lord. And you'll have an expectation saying, I cannot wait until Jesus comes back. I cannot wait. But oftentimes what we do is instead of that, we live for the toys and living for the little trinkets and those things that we'll forget about in a few weeks. We're not ready. You need not to put off getting saved any longer. Don't miss the glory of Christ's return because when he splits the eastern sky, it's going to be too late. There's nothing, nothing you can do at that moment. Today is the day of your salvation. I pray that this Christmas season will be even more special to you because you understand the reason for the season. And that is Jesus Christ. Today I want to urge you to get to, to receive that gift of eternal life by receiving upon the Lord Jesus Christ, by believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you say, you know what, I want to know how to be saved, I want to lead you to the Lord this day. How are you going to respond to the free gift, this offer that he has given us? I mean, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is found in Romans 3.23. That all have sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. Your neighbor's sinned. The president sinned. All, everyone, the, the nicest person in the world, the, the best person that you know, they've sinned. Jesus Christ is the only one who is without sin. 
Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin that we have is death. It says, For all have sinned. He says, And the wages of those, the payment for your sin is death. And this is more than just a physical death. This is a spiritual death as well. Jesus Christ is offering us a free gift of salvation today. What will you do? What do you need to do to earn this salvation? The answer is, you don't need to, do, you don't need to earn it. All you have to do is receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe upon him. And as I said earlier, the, the death that is spoken of in this verse, for where it says, for, where, uh, for, sorry, for the wages of sin is death. This is more, as I said, it's more than a physical death. It's a spiritual death. This is shown in Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15, which says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You say, well, I'm a good person. I have proof. I know I've said that throughout this message that you can't just be a good person to get into heaven. You can't be just a good person to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot, you have to believe upon him. Revelation 21, 8 gives us an outline of those sins that will keep us out of heaven and send us to hell. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers, idolaters, you say, well, great, I don't do any of those things. I'm great, I'm good. And it says, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire which bur- in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death all of us have lied all of us have lied you can call it a white lie you can call it a fib you can call it whatever you want to but a lie is a lie no matter what and we know that all of us have told an untruth here's the great thing and i want you to realize this on christmas on christmas eve you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. The second part of that verse in Romans 6.23 says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus offers us eternal life, removing us from eternal damnation. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says this, For by grace are ye saved through faith and that is not of ourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast so what does it say it says we are saved why how by grace through faith our faith we need to believe upon the lord jesus christ so we can be saved we can't we can't earn it we can't do enough good things we have to believe upon him it's faith it's by faith you cannot earn salvation you cannot earn a gift those gifts that you re- uh, open up tomorrow, or maybe you know some of you open them on Christmas Eve, whether it's today or tomorrow, it's, it's a gift. Why? Because you didn't pay for it. There was nothing required for it. You just received it from the other person, and you knew that it was yours. That's the same thing that it is with Jesus Christ. Someone had to pay our ransom. Somebody had to pay that wage, and that was Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even while we're yet out sinning, doing our own thing, maybe you're doing that right now, he still died for you. 
He died for us. There are some things that we need to believe. As I said earlier, he lived a sinless life. He was the only one who lived without sin. He died upon the cross. That's what we celebrate at Easter. Was buried and he rose from the grave on the third day, paying our ransom, paying that wage that we owed. This is what we celebrate at Easter. A few more, a few things that we have to, uh, we must believe on Jesus Christ. Like I said, we must believe upon Him and believe what the God's word, what God's word says. We need to believe this. Not all, uh, we need to believe not parts of it, but all of it, all of what God's word says, all of what God's word says. Not just the parts we want to believe, but everything. This is God's inspired, infallible, without error, God's word, and we need to believe it. Bible says that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh, that is Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John three sixteen, the one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture, says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's only one way to, uh, to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. The remaining part, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You believe upon him, you have everlasting life. And lastly, Romans chapter 9, sorry, chapter 10, verse 9, 10 and 13 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. It's a glorious thing you know, to know this, to realize this, that we need to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. What better way to come to Christ if you're not a believer than on, his, on the day that we celebrate his birth? We celebrate his first coming, so you're ready for his second coming, that second advent. If that's you today, you say, you know what, I want to believe upon Jesus. I want to give my life to him. I want to leave this, uh, all the things that I've been doing. I want to change my mind, change my mind of, of what I've been doing, and I want to change it to believe upon Jesus. I ask that right now that you, wherever you're at, that you would repeat this prayer after me. Just know that repeating this prayer does nothing unless you believe it. You must believe what you're saying. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. But I believe you died on the cross for me and rose again. Please save me right now and give me eternal life. I'm only trusting in you, Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please let us know. Get a hold of us at the church office. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Find us on the different ways. Let us know because we want to uh, we want to welcome you into God's family. We'll, uh, you're always welcome to join us here at Carruthersville First. And I just want to you know I just want to be one of the first ones to to congratulate you on the fact of you giving your life to Jesus Christ. It is a great thing. I've done it 20 plus years ago. In my life, I would never, never want to go back to my old life. With that being said, God bless you. Merry Christmas from my family to yours.